There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to the Cult Pops Podcast, where Richard and I have just spent the last 10 minutes trying to figure out what a song was that was stuck in my head, only to find out it's one of the most famous songs ever written. <laughs> uh, it was Starman by David Bowie was stuck in my head, and I was like, Richard, what is this song? What we had to go on was... Which now that I'm doing it, I'm like, of course that's Starman. We have fun off-pod here as well as on-pod. Now we just have to match that fun Mm. by doing a little podcast. My name is AJ, if you haven't met me before. This technically isn't you meeting me. You, I haven't met you, or maybe I have, and if that's the case, then how are you? And also Richard is here. Richard, it's nice to meet you. And also with you. Thank you so much. This is Film Franchise Fortnights, our little show on the Cold Pops podcast. Just our we'll, dumb little show. Our dumb little show, uh, where we cover a different Fortnight every franchise. What? AJ! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. We cover a different franchise every fortnight. Sometimes those franchises will be short little flash-in-the-pan franchises like the one we're going to talk about in a moment. Mm. Other times they'll be 47 movies long and be about a talking dog. That doesn't happen very often, though, to be fair. Mm. Mm. So often uh, does it not happen that uh, we... That most of our episodes aren't that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And when when we do do one of those ones, when we do one of those (laughs) ones, we don't give ourselves any kind of, like, well-earned break (laughs) from the project. we took a well-earned break beforehand, but we were secretly working. Yeah, which is... Not a not a break, I would say. Officially, if anything, yeah. it's more work. Yeah, because not only do you have to do the work, but also the added work of keeping it a secret. Something I'm very bad at doing. Mm. But today, Richard, you and I are going to discuss the the Kissing Booth trilogy. Wow, uh, which is a little series that was voted for over on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Uh It was voted on over there, and it's it's by by our patrons for it to be the franchise we are watching this fortnight, and mm. we watched it. And here we are to discuss it. It is a series of Netflix original teen movies, which debuted in 2018 and was followed up in 2020 and 2021, respectively, based on the novel series of the same name by the author Beth Reekles. And I don't know, Richard, how to say what I need to say about this franchise without first getting this out of the way. Mm. This franchise is awful. Mm. Well, spoilers for the rest of the podcast. This franchise should be kissing Booth my fucking nuts, dude. That's what I've written down. Wow. (laughs) Wow, that wasn't just off the cuff. Nothing ever is. I'm not an off the cuff guy. I think I'm all right at making things sound off the cuff, Mm. but most of it is attached firmly to the cuff. The the whole time we were doing the Scooby-Doo episode, I was wanting to be like, hey, AJ, I'm going to send you all the notes I've written for Scooby-Doo so far, Mm. which... 
other than when I for, when I wrote notes while making the film, other than that mm-hmm. was nothing. Mm. <laughs> and but then I was worried that I would send it to you and be like, "Yeah, Richard, it's pretty fucking obvious you haven't had a plan <laughs> for any of these." Um, and so I was, and so that's why I didn't send it to you. But I have a document on Google Docs, which is where I, you know, every time we do one of these, mm-hmm. make a, a doc, and you know, you have all this information. I have one called Scoobert Do. And it's about mm. a page long and it's like, I mm. occasionally would paste in like one thing that I'm like, oh, I have to remember to say this. In a way, it's like people listening to this show, they get, um, they're listening to two podcasts in a way. Mm. One that is meticulously researched and planned and scripted. And one that's just like something you half remember off IMDb, baby. If you're lucky. Ow. Wow, okay, that did not get the uproarous Richardian laughter. No, I would it expect. actually got the um downroarious Ajian mm-hmm. having my heart ripped in two. Mm. Wow. Which I We're all about Which I I, I <laughs> associate more with you than myself. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Richard, maybe this series sucks because of its rushed production. Maybe this series I, sucks. Yes. Sorry, okay. I, I forgot. I, I forgot script, you have a plan script thing. This. I forgot you have a plan thing. Yes. <laughs> um, sh- sorry, let me start from the top. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it sucks because of the rushed production, the bad acting, or the asinine storytelling. But maybe also it sucks. Such great writing, you can tell I scripted it. <laughs> Uh, because Beth Reekles, the author of the novels, is currently 27 years old, mm. meaning the, the first allegedly $11 million film that was made based off her work was based on source material written in 2012 by a 16-year-old. The Kissing Booth novel was written by a 16-year-old, could you tell? <laughs> so when I, when I found this out at the start of this when i started the first movie and i mm. couldn't believe that and then i watched the movie and then i found it very easy to believe <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah. interesting you talk about the rush production of it because i remember a few years ago you said that this didn't count as a franchise because of mm. how quickly they came out which was a, a crazy statement to make at the time I, yeah, it's I'm, crazy I, now can we can we not pretend like i actually think that can we acknowledge i was expressing feeling through maybe inaccuranisms inaccuranisms In- inaccuranisms wow it's like a it's like a um god an stick inaccurate... to the pre-written stuff aj <laughs> aphorism is that the word an, that an, I was thinking an inaccurate acronism an anachronism is anachronism that's when you have something that doesn't fit in the time period Uh, okay maybe i was trying to throw apocryphal in there as well even though none of (laughs) (laughs) what were you saying i don't know i I forgot it because i didn't write it down (laughs) no it's just i I, but i remember you having issue with the fact that it it felt it felt manufactured to be a trilogy Mm. or something but i was like Kind of makes it more of a trilogy. If sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think I should be beholden to things I said two days ago, let alone three or four years ago. So that's right. well, my no, position. No, I agree you shouldn't be beholden to things you said two days ago, but I think three or four years ago, I think you have to stand by <laughs> uh, The novel um, was originally written chapter by chapter on Wattpad, mm. which is a story-sharing site that listener of the show, Bit More Cheese, works for. And reached out to me <laughs> and said, hey, I work for Wattpad. 
can I help you with anything with the kissing booth? And this was two weeks ago. And, and I, I said, no. <laughs> I said, what's Wattpad? I don't understand why you would message me about this. And he's like, oh, it'll make sense when you did the research. And Richard, I started the research three hours ago and was like, okay. I now And I messaged Bitmore Cheese and I said, were you working for them when the kissing booth movies were being made? And he said, no. So that's the end of the bit more cheese contribution to the episode. Wow. <laughs> the novel was, um, so yeah, Wattpad is a story sharing site. I'm sure you can imagine what it is mm. um, by the fact that a novel was published on it. And the kissing booth was so immensely popular that it won the, get this, this is very prestigious, the Wattpad 2011 prize for most popular teen fiction. Wow. Yeah. Did you did you pick up as well that Beth Reekles, who wrote the mm-hmm. that, that that's not her real name. Her real name is Beth Reeks. <laughs> but oh, wow. I can understand why you wouldn't want to go by that professionally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably probably had a tough high school life, but Yeah. So yeah. she was offered she a She showed them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was offered a uh three book contract by Penguin Random House after the success of the Kissing Booth, which I think one of those was just the Kissing Booth, mm. um, like to publish it as a novel. Uh and the other two were not the Kissing Booth one and two. I don't want that to be a confused implication here. They were separate books which we won't be talking about. Well, um, confusing implication yeah well lucky i nipped it in the bud so mm. just a backpedal immediately richard um in the oh interest <laughs> you couldn't have couldn't have lined this out <laughs> in the scripting stage in the interest of not dunking anymore on a young woman who got a netflix deal for her debut novel like fucking mm. good on her what am i doing being yeah. like this sucks she must feel like an idiot <laughs> i'm sure she feels great um and i haven't read the novels they sound like they're good, according to Wattpad. So, you know, you never know. Um, but what I can tell you is that all further comments um, will be concerning the film adaptations, which thankfully were directed by a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I've we can never say been whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. I've never been happier that a, fr- that a film was directed by a man mm. because, as we're going to, there's weird stuff that it would be like if if a, if a woman told me no i did it this way because it's female empowerment i would have to be like okay mm. fine but because a guy did it it's creepy and it's weird yes yes and it's frustrating because when like we covered the fair street trilogy richard um mm. i fr- i think one of our most um categorically uh academic episodes of the show where we really Mm -hmm. just took down that series in every aspect halfway through recording i found out not and i didn't explain this it was an internal realization that all three were directed by a woman i was like oh god we're never this thorough for films directed by men Mm. um and this is going to be i think a similar takedown of the series uh but beth recalls no Nothing against you. Good it for you, Beth good for, good for genuinely, but yeah, fuck it. Uh, what's his name? Fucking Vincent something. Uh, Vince Marcello. <laughs> Vince Marcello, buddy, we're taking you down, cult popster style. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, with the second two films being filmed back to back and released the same year as the accompanying novel it was apparently adapting in uh, 2020 and 2021, respectively, the Kissing Booth trilogy, already being a Netflix deal, uh, smoothly sailed through the coronavirus pandemic, dropping online 
as scheduled while their theatrical mm. contemporaries plunged into blockbuster bedlam riddled with delays. Yeah. Meaning that one was of the, just off the cuff. It was That's off crazy. the cuff. Meaning that one of the <laughs> the defining franchises of the COVID era was named for and was about the act of kissing multiple random people in quick succession, something the World Health Organization explicitly told us not to do. This is this mm. is COVID spreading propaganda released during the oh. height of the pandemic. Wow. Off the cuff. The series is set <laughs> in Los Angeles, but was for some reason shot in South Africa. Um, yeah, I, I read that. That's so weird. Uh, and stars child turned uh, very much not child star Joey King as the, uh, ma- the th- main character, Al. Yep. Before you said star, it's like, uh, stars child turned adult anybody yeah right any actor that child, isn't a child child star turned regular star is what i what i wrote but i tried mm. to go off the cuff and screwed it up <laughs> um it also stars jacob alordi joel courtney taylor zakir perez and an unrecognizable molly ringwald a uh, molly ringwald i think she's i, I you can tell yeah I, I think she's recognizable i i am shocked like, she, she's she's not in uh, you know, she's not having a look disguised in any way. No, she has just aged. No, like no, but a it's person. it's not like she's aged. I've seen like post uh, peak of her career, Molly Ringwald before. Are you just she- are you just saying you've seen not another teen movie? <laughs> Yes, and she didn't look like that in this. It's been 20 years. <laughs> but I'm not even saying... It's li- been as long since that. <laughs> it's been longest between Not Another Teen Movie and this than yeah. it was between The Breakfast Club and Not Another Teen you Movie. You are misrepresenting what I am saying. I am not saying she's so old she's unrecognisable. I don't think she looks any older than she did in Not Another Teen Movie. She just looks completely different. I think you need to rewatch Not Another Teen Movie. I no! think she's just. I think she looks great. I'm not saying she doesn't look great. I'm saying she doesn't look like Molly Ringwald. She looks completely different. Oh, we got a different. regular bloody everybody. Look, we got a regular bloody Vince Marcello over here. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a drink of water mm. to calm down. To calm down. <laughs> Uh, the first film in the series, The Kissing Booth, 2018, directed by Vince Marcello. What do you reckon this has on Rotten Tomatoes? A hundred. Very good guess. Uh, no. It has um, a 15% critic score, which wow. is astonishingly yeah, low, uh, but it does mm. have a 55% audience score, which is also not that high for an audience yeah, score. Yeah. But also just remember this this contrast, 15, 55. I think it'll make an interesting discussion as we go through the, um, yeah. the series. So do we want to just talk about what the first one's about? Get that out of the way. Yes. That's the next line I've written that I've written down. Okay, so I'll let you say it. What's this movie about, Richard? Can you tell us? <laughs> so, this it starts off with Elle, mm. played by Joey King. Mm-hmm. She is... We get a, Child a turned adult. <laughs> we get a pricey of her life. And I tell you what, it's fucking hilarious. It's unintentionally <laughs> fucking hilarious. So, it's like... It's done in this like quick montage style. Be, like, My I name's this, Elle. And then I did this. And, and then, then I yeah, did this. Yeah. And But the thing about is that... About it growing up. Yeah. It's about her growing up and about her best friend, Lee, Lee Flynn, mm-hmm. and how she has a t- she's totally crushing on his older brother, Noah, and they've been lifelong friends, Lee and Al. Their mothers and says, were best friends, and so they were yeah. raised as twins. Yeah. 
and so what happens is we get al narrating and it's like so we, we learned to do dance dance revolution mm. and then we'd stay at the beach house and then mom got sick and then i got my first bra yeah. and then we started <laughs> high school together and then we had and then and then i'd visit mom on the hospital yeah i would only cry when she was asleep yeah and then I got another bra. This one fit this time. And I buried mom. And it's like, it's so, it, it, like, it feels like a Lonely Island sketch. It's that yeah. same sort of sense of humor. They've got songs, I think, that are like that. Yeah. But it was like, it, it's so funny. Mm. But it, it, the way that the that her acting in those scenes where she's at her mom's bedside is like, she she is acting a butt off mm. and, spe- and and don't worry we'll, we'll get talk to her about it we butt. see plenty of that <laughs> <laughs> it's not played for comedic effect it's very like it i do not think anyone involved in this film thought that bit was funny like i don't want to give them credit that oh maybe that they that they're supposed no, to no definitely the no absolutely not no one's doing it absolutely on not no i think it's supposed to be the juxtaposition is supposed to be shocking and it's supposed to make it the emotion hit harder mm. but it just does not work every time it cut back to her dying mom i cracked up well because as well these are characters you didn't know existed 30 seconds ago so like what am i you know i'm supposed to be invested yeah. in this life you know yeah, yeah i messaged you when i started watching this and i said 30 seconds into the kissing booth and it is actually dog shit like straight yeah. away it is like yeah. woof this is one of the this is worse <laughs> than the worst scooby-doo this is like the bottom mm. of the rung kind of movie and i will make all comparisons d- directly to scooby-doo because my mind <laughs> is broken yeah yeah so then uh we catch up to it's the first day of junior year in high school mm. and al has now blossomed into a voluptuous woman over the the mm. summer the spring break or whatever the main holiday uh, over there is and she goes oh well i'll put on my fucking uh skirt from two years ago and it just it's entirely but like Mm. it's this tiny tiny mini skirt she goes to school this guy fucking grabs her butt but fortunately she has this creepy dick who protects she her. She has this creepy and- dick. <laughs> Been <laughs> there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so Noah, Lee's older brother, her best friend's older brother, she's, who she's had a crush on, has, uh, it's, you know, punches this guy in the face. So just like, you know, it just cans off L. No one can have her. And then she's like, I've never been kissed. I, no one is interested in me. And she finds out mm, that it's because there, Noah, the coolest guy in school, has been threatening everyone saying, don't, fucking touch al because i'm a protective creepy dick and mm. kind of a sexual predator mm. th- th- these are all lines in the film anyway <laughs> they there's a school fundraiser happening and this is where we get the titular kissing booth because al and lee that's their proposal for everyone has to sort of propose a booth or, or some sort of attraction it's like a carnival they pitch a kissing booth and al says oh we're gonna get noah as part of the kissing booth and all the girls in school have the hots for Noah. Mm. And he sounds like then, he gives it up pretty easily as well. So it yeah, can't no, be the thing is that, difficult. that Noah is like a massive fucking ladies man. Yeah. And then it's revealed that Al and Noah have always kind of liked each other. That's why he was so protective of her and why he wouldn't let anyone else date her. And so the whole film is this kind of like will they won't they almost of of noah well, it's, it's more and, they're, they're hiding their new they kiss, oh no yeah yeah, so, so, yeah for, for most of the booth. film yeah most of the film they're actually in a relationship mm. and i know what you're thinking 
oh, the stakes are going to be like, oh, this cute little high school couple, uh, you know, and it's, oh, she finally gets the kiss at the end. It's like, no, from the midway point, it is like, the narration is like, no, and I fucked in science class. We fucked in the Hollywood sign. We fucked here. And we did all this fucking. And keep in mind, she's underage at this point. The character is. The actress isn't. For just the actress so is barely of age. We'll talk about yeah. it. We'll talk about it. But the, I'm the, so sort of excited the, this... to talk about it, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> and, but so meanwhile, the, the whole thing that's going on is that Elle and Lee, her best friend, Noah's younger brother, have this set of rules that mm. they don't shut up about. And one of the rules is family is off limits. You can't yeah. fuck your, friend, your best friend's family. Yeah. A rule that, it feels like it was only put in there for Noah. Yeah, like, yeah. who else? It's like, Lee's not going to try and fuck her baby brother. Like, <laughs> and so the the whole film was her hiding this from Lee. It's yeah. very important that, you know, the, the relationship between Noah and Lee is strained at the best of times. And so they have to hide this. It all comes out in the wash and, and blah, blah, blah. The movie ends. Yes. So... Um, it's mind-numbing stuff. Um, mm. <laughs> I feel like the the first film especially, uh, but the whole series probably, um, has the visual style and sense of humour of, like, a Nickelodeon movie, but then, like... Well, not even Disney Channel original yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, one of the characters will strip naked, or Al and Noah mm. will secretly have sex in the science class. Um, it's, I wrote here, it's truly, Richard, it's truly American Pie for people who are afraid to say the F word. Wow. And why while there are F words mm. occasionally in this film, in the third film, someone literally says to another character, you need to get me the F out of here, which is just like, oh my mm. God, just say the word, you cowards. Don't drag mm. me down here any further. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's really interesting watching this one because I mentioned there that I had this idea of what the, what the film was and mm. that it was this, this cute sort of, and so I went into this being like, Oh, this beloved rom-com trilogy that's kind of cute for teenagers, mm. whatever, like, at, at the worst, I'll have a, a fine time. Mm. I, 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 my understanding was that the critical reception of these or the, the um, audience reception of these was that they're pretty cute. They're pretty good. Yeah. And I got midway through the first one and I messaged my friend Kate, who I've mentioned a few times on this podcast, who likes generally i would say likes these kind of movies our where, resident normie <laughs> yeah and she, like love kate to bits don't get me wrong oh it's got nothing to do with how we feel about the target yeah but, but but like she, she kind of becomes my my audience surrogate for knowing what the general public thinks of of especially like netflix films i think is a big thing and i messaged her and i was like you've seen kissing booth right and she was like yeah it's it's fine why and then i was like i'm watching it now and it is fucking garbage and she was like yeah and the first one's probably the best one yeah and i would agree with that and that sucks <laughs> yeah. that i agree with that like when you're when you start at rock bottom when you start at one star the only place you have to go is half a star and i wish yeah. i could rate something less than half a star mm, <laughs> i wish letterbox would let me do quarter of a star yeah yeah um, but the, the it's like i so i was shocked to find out that even by Netflix rom-com for teens standards mm. this is bad I reckon to all the boys I've loved before I reckon that series is probably fun like that's the thing so I, I think I was I knew there was another one I, was, I couldn't think of but yeah to all the boys I've loved before is 
I remember being really, really, really frustrated with one character. Uh, okay, you've but se- it's you've fine. seen them. I've seen the first one. Right. I, there's a whole thing I think that her sister, her little sister, does something like borderline sociopathic, mm. and it's like apologize to your sister for being mad about it and it's like no (laughs) no right and well you'd hate the kissing booth as well then i guess because this whole series is basically wait i can explain the movie where if you Mm. just fucking sat there and listened there would be no conflict well it's also just like oh it's (laughs) noah is a predator yeah he's he's a fucking gross predator yeah and he's supposed to be I I do not sympathize or empathize with any character in this franchise. No, it is the worst cast of characters I think I've seen in any franchise we've covered. (laughs) Yeah. Like, just so, so like. Just give me a fucking Charlie Swan to to latch on to. Even her dad, even even Al's dad, the character, the guy they casted, I was watching, I was like, this feels like the character actor you cast as like an NCIS villain. Like, not not a a, a lovable (laughs) widower. Yeah. I mean, Molly Ringwald is that character that we oh, would normally latch on to. But she's barely in she In each film, she has one sort of like nice monologue about like how much, you know, uh, Elle can do what she wants and stuff. And it's very clear, like, oh, that's why you've cast Molly Ringwald for this. Mm. But yeah, fuck, yeah. man. The, yeah. Like the, these, this film was so bad. And yeah. I was expecting to not like it. I wasn't expecting to hate it yeah neither same i was hoping i would find at least something that worked in it. yeah yeah i've written a line from the opening monologue that we discussed earlier as sort of like what i think encapsulates the the problem with the writing in the series and this is just to be clear one of the first lines of writing in the series so like <laughs> yeah. you start off and you're like okay that's the quality so she's narrating as we said it sounds like a lonely island sketch and then she says i don't remember a lot from before high school but for as long as I can remember, Lee and I have absolutely loved to dance. So let's, let's like, you're doing a third, fourth pass on the script, right? Mm. And somehow you leave in the words, I don't remember. Then seven words later, I can remember. <laughs> like, I don't remember a lot from before high school, but for as long as I can remember. Just delete the first fucking line. What are you mm. doing? It's so, it's so weird. It's so mm. weird. Yeah, or, should, or, or like, if you want to say it like that, it would be like i don't remember a lot from before high school but what i can remember yeah yeah but it's not but f- it's like yeah. it's, it, it doesn't know i'm i'm i'm, I'm doing script doctoring yeah I, like, yeah. I, yeah 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 um, i know it wasn't like that yeah otherwise yeah, yeah, i yeah. wouldn't have had to pitch a, <laughs> yes. a, a, a second pass at the know, line uh, Richard, The Kissing Booth is our second franchise in a row after Scooby-Doo, which features a young woman we're explicitly told as a teenager, only for the filmmakers themselves to repeatedly, deliberately depict her as sexy. And not just like, get over it, you 30-year-old men, w- women are allowed to exist. Of course, mm. that's not, I'm saying like, male gazy shots of her like, removing her clothes while she's drunk at a, at and, a pool party. Yeah, Jesus, and, that's right. Like, it's- and- and, and the, the miniskirt shots at the start. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Joey King was 19 in 2018. Mm. This probably was filmed... Oh, it's probably filmed in 2018, actually. It probably didn't take a year to get this thing made. Yeah, yeah. Well, with the special effects, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's not a case of anything being illegal. And... 
if you if you haven't been able to tell listening to this, I get very worried talking about this sort of stuff these days. I don't want people to like discover Well these days, yeah, because you can't say anything these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> um I don't want people to discover this podcast through this episode and think it's a podcast with two like 30 year old funny duddy men don't like it when young actresses start embracing their sexuality i where we love this this is this is fine if it's through again now i'm over correcting <laughs> yeah it's fine i don't care no but you know what i mean i think every actress should do it. <laughs> i'm just saying like that's not the position i'm i'm approaching this from i think within the right context you can tell the story virtually the same with the same like pieces and it not be problematic. Well, it's just that a, a woman would shoot this film differently. Agreed. That's she, exactly she, what I'm be, saying. Given the same script, she would yeah. probably yeah. shoot, like not just sexualize the underage character so much. Exactly. It's, uh, the, and there are ways you can be like, oh, she's developed over the break mm-hmm. and people are noticing that without having to put us in the mind yeah. of the people <laughs> noticing it. like uh, It's it's quintessential male gaze. Yeah, with her as our audience surrogate, we should be feeling more, oh, all these guys are being creepy and looking mm. at me. We shouldn't be shown. Yeah. Check it out. This is what all the guys are looking at. Yeah. And it's it's weird to have this in a movie where I imagine the demographic is probably exclusively 18 to 25-year-old women. I don't think they're shooting yeah. for anything outside of that demographic. And yet uh, Vince Marello, Marcello's direction is one of the worst things about the franchise in this regard. Yeah. And Joey King gets the whole shebang of like sexualized scenarios and tropes here. Um, she, so she has multiple scenes in her underwear or a bikini. Uh, she performs some pretty intimate like near sex scenes um at at Mm. some points um including one where she loses her virginity which is just that extra kind of like cream of creepiness when it's like this you know older male director being like yes now they're now the scene where the 17 year old has sex with the 18 year old like it's just a bit like ah come on um and as you mentioned uh she's forced to wear a very short skirt to school in which uh we get multiple upskirt shots after which some guy whose name the character's name is tuppen which is such a specific name to give a background character with no Mm. further like influence in the Mm. series but tuppen uh grabs her ass and then he gets beaten up by Noah etc etc and then two scenes later Tuppen asks her out and she accepts yeah <laughs> she goes on it and she she literally she literally gets sexually assaulted and then immediately goes out with this guy and in a film <laughs> which could so easily be like passively feminist feminist by virtue of having a female main the character female lead, yeah. like this has got to be one of the most blindly sexist and anti-feminist plot points i've ever seen i hope it's not in the novel because i said before i don't want to attack uh beth rinks <laughs> or whatever fucking name was. like like do you know like this is disgusting why is this you can't show a sexual assault and then have a they go out with the character and then yeah and then it's revealed that he hadn't been asking her out because noah had been threatening everyone but you gotta be you gotta be a pretty fucked up teenager to grab someone's ass anyway like that's already like in this day and age (laughs) well no but even we even before like 
woke times. Women were people. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. I, I feel like that would still be something that like everyone I know would be like, holy shit. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, but you're friends with a bunch of liberal cucks. <laughs> well, good. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I was either friends with liberal cucks or Christians when I was a teenager, and neither of them mm. were doing the um, <laughs> the gray area in the middle where characters <laughs> like Tuppen exist. So I read some um, uh, reviews. I, uh, I, I scrolled to the reception tab on the Wikipedia page to see what other people said. I got one interesting thing here. Arnie Bundle from NBC News criticized the film's problematic stereotyping of masculinity and relationships and lack of original ideas, writing, it feels like it was written by someone who simply digested everything she was, she was told romance was supposed to be by the patriarchy and vomited it back at us. Nearly every cliche in the film feels cribbed from another movie like a song made completely of samples from better known hits and i don't have as much issue with the clicheness of it but i do like that she's like this is what someone who is maybe a bit too young to like tell Mm. have a story published is going to tell (laughs) a story about i said i said i wouldn't i said i wouldn't criticize for the for the record for the record vince marcello also wrote this film yes yes he did i one thing i do have one piece of praise for Tell the me entire it. franchise. Is it the porn joke? Because I thought that was pretty funny. What's the porn joke? Where um she's having sex with Noah and then Lee knocks on her door and he's like, what's going on in there? I could hear like oh, yeah, moaning yeah. and she's like, I was watching porn. I felt like that was like... And he's like, can I watch with you? Yeah, which is kind of weird. But but that, that her, Joey King's joey king's kind of good in this and like i think that i will say i i I like joey king as an actress yeah and and i think think she's pretty decent in the franchise yeah i do too and i think that 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 joke was like wow a vision of like the way more entertaining version this movie could have been that's Mm. like sex positive in a cool way not in a creepy way you know Mm. so another thing that i would say going into this and this is still leading on to my point about my one positive that going into this franchise I you see three characters on the poster, you know it's a rom com, and you're like, oh, here comes the fucking love triangle. You're introduced to here's my best friend. We've always been platonic, and here's his older brother who I want to fuck. And then and and I was expecting at some point, no, my brother doesn't care about you the way I do. Blah blah blah. In the entire series, they never tease a anything more than a platonic relationship mm. between Lee and Al. And I actually thought that was really b- breaking the formula. I agree I was- that I agree with you. But what I do think is that there is an unconscious um, work, like stuff in the writing and the, the presentation of the characters, which I think undermines the one good thing that you have to mm. say about the movie, right? So the story engine in all three films, as, as we talked about before, is this best friend rules that Alan Lee yeah. uh, made when they were like six years and old. And so when we talk about this, it's like, they'll be walking along and they'll be like, um, remember 16? And it'll come and up. Like, oh yeah, but uh, yeah. you've forgotten about eight and yeah, yeah, they come yeah, on yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this weird like fucking zombie land thing that just will not yeah. die in the franchise. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so they came up with these when they were like six and felt for some reason that they still applied as they entered adulthood. Mm. These well, like when when Lee finds out about Noah and is obviously heartbroken because she wrote broke rule, whatever mm. number, she is down and out about it for a few days and then remembers, ah, there's one rule that says no matter how bad your friend fucks up, you have to forgive them if they buy you ice cream. So she shows up to his locker with some ice cream and he throws it in the trash. Rule number seven, I believe, is the ice cream rule. Well, um, yeah, so... 
It, it reminded me of like when people be like, well, the founding fathers wouldn't have stood for this. It's they like, wanted they wanted us to have the right to bear arms. Yeah. That's why, <laughs> like, you can't change the constitution, yeah. uh, especially not an amendment, which is a, a change to the constitution. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what the, like, the idea of keeping rules you made up when you were a child feels like. Do we mm. know what rule 35 is? But we're not told yeah, but all we're not 35 every, rules. Yeah. Um, so I can read them to you and maybe we can riff on them. How, how, how many are, are written down? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, about maybe fifteen. Okay. So here we go. Rule number one only your best friend gets to know your birthday wish. These are all used, by the way, for plot contrivances, mm. and they come up seconds before they're used. The ice cream thing yeah. is mentioned seconds before she gives him an ice cream. He mm. throws it away, it's never mentioned again. I actually cut, think cut it's mentioned after she gives him an ice cream. All right. That it's like she shows up with ice cream and says, ah, because of rule, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the the birthday wish thing, yeah, whatever. Why is that rule one? That's fucking stupid. Yeah. That's the first one you came up with and you thought, let's write a bunch of rules yeah. because this one was so good. <laughs> rule number two, never share our secrets with anyone else. I don't remember where this yeah, comes Yeah, but that's up, just, but... yeah, fair enough. Rule three, always help clean up your bestie's messes. That's a lot to put on your bestie. Mm-hmm. Depends on the on the mess. Uh, rule mm. number five: always do the Thanksgiving wishing bone with your bestie. Okay, that comes up once a year. Ve- feels very related to rule number one about the birthday wish. Uh, mm. Rule number six: if you can't tell your best friend about something you're doing, you probably shouldn't be doing it. I think this depends on the moral fortitude of your best friend, and not your best friend is not like a the the bastion of <laughs> of no. Know, I, but, but, okay, so t- in, in in the film or the the books defense, that's more like don't don't keep if anything you're, from if them. you have to be hiding it yeah. from them. Yeah, if you, if, if it's not that like, oh well, I don't think AJ would watch this pornography. <laughs> yeah, go cool, right. Like because he's too morally upstanding. It's more like, oh, if I'm hiding this from AJ, should I be doing it? If yeah. I'm, yeah, 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 agreed. Uh, rule number seven: No matter how mad you are, your best friend, you have to forgive them if they give you ice cream. Not to dwell on this Written one too by much. A child. Written by <laughs> like, what if your best friend murdered your fucking mum? They bring ice cream. Sorry, I'm tearing up the rule book. Um, rule number eight: Best friends must tell each other if there's something stuck in their teeth or on their face. Very cute. Very fun. Yeah, that, one's, that one's fine. I have no qualms with that one. Rule number nine: be- Relatives of your best friend are off limits. We've discussed that already, and we will keep discussing it. Rule number ten: If one friend is sick or moody, the other one is responsible for bringing supplies to make them feel better. I don't remember this coming up in the series mm, at any point. Who gives a shit? Rule 16, when your bestie needs you there, you need to be there for your bestie. <laughs> okay, that's just being a best friend. Rule number 18, always be happy for your bestie's successes. This is used to manipulate and gaslight Al a few times throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Rule number 19, always go to the same school as your bestie. Let's talk about that one in a couple <laughs> movies' time. <laughs> um, which, again... <laughs> some of these rules are like these were written by six-year-olds like these very yeah, complex yeah. adult ideas uh no, rule number 20 terrible decisions are not to be discussed this feels like it goes in direct conflict with uh cleans the up entire franchise <laughs> <laughs> um if rule number 21 if you see something awesome show your best friend well i guess we we do that with tiktok so i guess that one uh, applies okay, yeah we do that are we trying to go through and see how many apply to us ah uh, no because i think this is a flawed list and we have a perfect friendship 
And finally, uh, skipping from 21 to rule 35. So there's quite a few we don't, I'm not privy to. Uh, rule 35 is always call your bestie every time you miss them. Which we do as well. Okay. So we can count yeah, them. Well, well, we send each other TikToks. Yeah, yeah. So the first <laughs> film, as we've discussed, gets a lot of mileage out of rule nine. Relatives of your best friends are off limits. <sighs> Uh, which lands Alan hot water with Lee when she starts dating Noah, who's Lee's older brother. If you're not keeping up, listeners, if you haven't seen the film, these are the chess pieces on the board. Mm. <laughs> um, Lee, Lee, and Noah, their relationship, like they obviously fucking hate each other. I don't think they're really shown in the entire trilogy, like enjoying each other's company one on one. There's always this yeah. tension. This is one of those things them. that I can't remember specifically, so I don't want to just say this is the truth. But as far as I can remember they share one scene together and it's about painting like just over, the two of them painting over the no the, yeah so the there's a, oh, maybe there's a couple then but i was thinking of when they when they say goodbye at the end oh, but yes. there's like the, the entire plot of the first film if, if you were to do the log line is like a girl dates her best friend's brother which you know puts and so brother is one of the 10 words used in that log line i mm. didn't actually count them but it's a very important word the fact that they are brothers does not come up again mm. in the next two films. Yeah, right. barely. Yeah, right. it's 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 implied, mm. but it's it's never relevant again that they are brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm confused as to why Rule Nine is even on the list, right? Mm. Because well, uh, yeah, surely it's due to her crush on. But he doesn't know about that apparently, mm. or he must have. So I I think almost every character One of them must have had a hot cousin. <laughs> yeah, right. This must have come up earlier. Almost every character in the Kissing Booth trilogy, I reckon, is an absolute abusive control freak, mm-hmm. and none more so than the Flynn brothers collectively, Lee and Noah. Absolutely. Um, but one thing this film avoids is confronting why Lee cares so much about who Al dates and i think Mm. the reason here is because lee is absolutely in love with al and i think there is this maybe was unintended but i think that um i've been the guy and you know when i was younger i've been the guy that (laughs) was upset when his female quote-unquote best friend started dating someone and while i dating your older brother (laughs) well no that didn't that specifically didn't happen but i couldn't (laughs) tell you at the time why this would have upset me but looking back it's 100 percent because i was secretly pining for her yeah well okay so i think that they have a plat- they have one of those classic male female platonic friendships that are like you are like a brother to me and it's like yeah i would never think of dating her unless she sl- showed the slightest interest in me yeah yeah exactly yeah and i i think that th- that specifically uh, yeah like you said i think lee does not think very highly of his brother noah and there's a lot said about noah's many sexual conquests mm. and i think that you you don't want your best friend this female that you are super overprotective of dating the biggest douchebag in school who just wants to get his dick wet. He just happens to be his brother. Maybe, but I just feel like in my experience, I don't want you to take away from me that they have a platonic (laughs) But also like, like it absolutely like male and female friendships that are that close are always going to have some sort of element of, to, to an outside viewer, I'll say, an element of, oh, you know, mm. are you guys really friends right. or are you just, you know? I just think I've never been jealous of a female friend who I haven't had a crush on when they started dating 
someone. Yeah, I've. It's only been when I've, I've even if I've just had like a certain amount of affection for them that it's made me pissed off. Like mm. it's it's I've you know and thankfully this doesn't happen very often in my adult times. But when I was younger, yeah. it would come up quite a bit when I had crushes on every woman I met. Yeah, yeah. I think I have been the sort of weird protective friend mm. where it's like, but I guess that that was still that what probably was still the like. Well, if, if she'd been keen. Yeah, you know. no, totally. I And I wonder if this is an autobiographical element. And I wonder if Beth Recalls had someone like Lee in her life, but because he mm. never confessed his feelings and she was 16, um, she wrote yeah. them into this novel she thinking. Yeah, she, 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 like. It's it, she's like this is the behavior of male best friends and it's like beth no this is the behavior when a guy is like wanting to control you because he's in love with you yeah. or because he has weird this weird complex about you and i like it's just it's it's like this you remember when we covered god's not dead and how the fact that god he was surely alive <laughs> yeah <laughs> how the fact that god never like actually shows up in the story and like the character ends the movie still having cancer and how like this is done because subconscious Justly, the the script writers don't actually believe in God because God has never done yeah. this in their life. It's one of these unconscious things that's accidentally written into a story where it's like Beth Recalls would have experienced this potentially because the guy she based Leon was absolutely in love with her. Hmm. That's what I think anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Richard, did you know that Jacob Elordi and Joel Courtney um, Joel is actually one year older than Jacob. I did know that, yeah. Yeah. Joey and, King. Uh, Jake, Jacob Elordi and Joey King dated before yeah, the film. It's the next mate. line. It's the next well, line of my script. Looks like I fucking beat you to it. Cunt. We we often go to IMDb for content on the show. Um, and I'm for... so sick of talking about this first film. Well, I've got some dumb ideas. Get it over and done with. (laughs) Okay. This is IMDb trivia from the IMDb page that's really dumb. Uh, In the scene where Noah Flynn is carrying Al home on a motorcycle, it begins to rain hard. Noah stops and the two escape the rainstorm and retreat to a glassed gazebo. A scene from The Sound of Music also occurs where the couple escaped in the rain and run into a glass gazebo that looks identical to the one in this movie. In The Sound of Music, they break out with the song I Am 16 going on 17 during the gazebo scene. Molly Ringwald, who was in the kissing booth, acted in 16 candles. Wow. It's all connected. It's all so clever. The other pieces of dumb IMDb trivia that I copied down were the following uh, four pieces of trivia. Jack Fockin's debut. (laughs) Lincoln Pearson's debut. Jesse Rowan Goldberg's debut. And Juliet Blatcher debut. I'm sure that they wrote (laughs) these pieces of, or their agents did or something, wrote these pieces of trivia. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to talk about to do with the Kissing Booth one? No. Well, Richard, then there's only one more question I have to ask to Jude that's that's related to the Kissing Booth part one, and that is franchise? Why was this a franchise? Why would they have made more movies of this? What do you think? I believe Netflix has claimed that this is one of their best, mm. most viewed films. Something they do and, quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, Netflix is like, I remember when Christmas Chronicles came out and they were like, mm. yeah, this equates to like a 
600 million dollar <laughs> weekend and it's like no it doesn't no it doesn't <laughs> yeah yep so it was dubbed a commercial success by netflix a lot of uh, subscribers viewed it apparently uh which yeah. is what it directly led to um a green lighted trilogy despite the fact critics deemed its storyline and themes to be cliched like part of me think and i'm i'm doing something that i've um i've always said i found very funny when people do this but like do you think Netflix intentionally makes things? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This bad <laughs> so that people, people still, people talk about it and people, they become memes and it's like. I don't know if they intentionally make it this bad, but they certainly don't care if it is this bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's all good publicity, right? Like, mm. but I think, you know, you make, I, I, I guess Netflix is so based on very specific stats like when, when auntie donna released their big old house of fun on netflix i heard them on a podcast and they were talking about if you're a fan of ours if you whatever you want to support the show what you have to do is watch the entire show as soon as it comes out they say we know that you might want to be like oh i'll save it for a rainy day or i'll space it out because i don't want it to be to be over too soon so mm. the only metric netflix looks at is how many people finish the show that started it and how quickly do they do it? Hmm. They don't look at anything else. Right. 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 Well, and so yeah, it's, it's like because of the Netflix model, they want these talking points. This, this makes sense. Cause when the, the first, when the second film released, uh, it was said to be the, the, um, uh, no, upon the sequel's release, the first film was then the third most viewed Netflix film that mm. weekend. Netflix says that one in three viewers of the film have rewatched it, uh, and that is 30% higher than the average movie rewatch rate, which is a yeah. low amount to be um, 30% higher on anything. <laughs> the, the deeming, they deemed it a, a substantial success for the service, and Ted Sar Sarandos himself called it one of the most watched movies in the country and maybe in the world. <laughs> So the Kissing Booth Two came out in twenty twenty. Came out in twenty twenty, directed by Vince Marcello. So the Rotten Tomato scores to remind you for the first film was um fifteen percent critic, fifty five percent audience. What do you reckon this has? I'm going to guess it went up slightly the critic score. Yes, it went up to twenty seven percent on mm. Rotten Tomatoes critic score, but a thirty eight percent audience score. So the audience and critics are going the opposite way yeah. on this one. I, I I think that's our cl the classic case of less critics reviewing it, mm. but the audience. This film is worse. Yeah, and the I, audience I score so. would reflect that, but less yeah, people are point. reviewing it. Good point. So this one is about two hours long. <laughs> yeah, fuck in hell, God. So this film is noah flynn is has now gone to harvard we didn't mention this he goes to harvard at the end of the first movie and what's an incredibly down buzz ending for a, mm. a happy peppy teen romance they essentially go maybe we'll break up and then it ends and she's like mm. and it all happened because 
of a kissing, of a kissing <laughs> yeah. So he's away at college. It's senior year. She's bloody feels like she's bloody cock of the walk because she got fucked by Noah Flynn <laughs> oh, in the science class on camera as well. Well, she got the fight. I don't know if anyone's seen the video. There was a whole storyline about her. Oh yeah, I mean they they watch and then destroy the video on the third one. Yeah, but they Richard, it's that that annoyed me so much because if I got banged and. The- science class and it was caught on video that would bar none be the sexiest thing to ever happen to me and it's like this is just like one one of their many things that happened in, mm. in their lives yeah so noah's being weird their relationship is strained because of long a lack distance. of communication he had long distance but now it's time for a new charity fair they bring back the kissing booth this time there's no noah flynn so how are they going to get people to fucking mac on each other mm. so what they do is there's a new noah flynn and he is a fucking snack and a half there's yeah. a big extended scene which is just joey king riffing on yeah. on the word snack and it goes on for so long. That's why the film is two hours long. <laughs> she sees footage of him uh, working out. Someone shows her footage of him working out. And she immediately launches into like an impromptu tight five about his abs uh, while accidentally mm. broadcasting this over the loudspeaker to the entire school. And yeah. none of it is funny. I didn't think none it was very funny. funny. Slightest. <laughs> so, yeah, eventually she... She beats him at their dance dance revolution, dance dance mania, it's called mm. machine, and he agrees to do the kissing booth, but he because he's such a fucking snack mm. and Al, you know, now hornier than ever because she can't get fucked in the biology Stop. room on the rig. <laughs> she uh, you know, there's there's becomes this sexual tension between her and Marco, but she goes to visit Noah and they're like, you know, what's been going on? And she's like, oh my God, Noah, you've been cheating on me because you you at Harvard, there's this beautiful woman named Chloe. I found her earring under your bed. I see the flirty texts you've been sending each other and I know what a freaking slut you used to be. So I'm going to be all upset about that so she goes back and then there's meanwhile as well she is needing to raise enough money to go study at harvard because well, it's she, has to harvard. she has to choose between harvard or berkeley yeah. where lee is going and need i remind you richard of <laughs> rule number 19 yeah, always, always go, go to, to the same school as your bestie so the, the, the it turns out there's an, in classic sitcom fashion there is a dance dance mania competition where the cash prize is the exact amount she needs. It's so much money as well for a dance <laughs> fifty thousand dollars US dollars. Life changing as if a dance competition is going to be that. It's so fu- it was so funny to see that trope emerge. Yeah. So her and Marco end up winning the dance competition, and she is so smitten with him that in the in the final moments of their dance she fucking plants one on him she gives him a big old smooch mm. and then turns out jacob elordi himself <laughs> nate jacobs himself from euphoria is sitting in the audience is he sees this he and bloody storms out he's yeah, he's nate jacobs in euphoria as well oh wow i didn't know that yeah and he he storms out and then she's like, well, hey, f- you freaking dingus. I thought you cheated on me because you used to be such a slut. And, and he's Richard, like, can I just pause you? The movie has 40 minutes. 40 to minutes go. to go. <laughs> yeah. And so 
Uh, yeah, it turns out he, he never bloody cheated on her, mm. but he witnessed her mm. kissing this guy. Mm. And then it, it turns out she had, Chloe had crashed at Noah's place and they didn't sleep together. That's why her earring was there. He wasn't even she there. Didn't tell him this. Mm. And yeah, then they go to the kissing booth and they freaking make out and it's a whole no, thing. Don't. It all happened That's because of the happens. kissing booth. That's not oh, what that She cares. goes to the kissing Who booth cares. and tells tells Marco, no, I won't kiss you because I'm in love with um with Noah. Noah. And then she they go to the gazebo where they decide to get oh, back together. Yes. Um, this is the no, new- and, and then so, so Al goes to the airport yeah. to be like, oh, I'm going to chase after him before yeah. he flies back to Boston. She gets oh, there. Chloe's there, not oh, Noah. And she messages the- Noah. Skip the airport and she's like, scene. Where, where are you? And he says, I'm at the kissing booth. Where are you? And they go, oh, let's meet in our spot. Skip also, one of them. Skip one of them, please. Just do one place to another place. Not three places. I'm going crazy. <laughs> I just smacked my tooth on my pop filter. <laughs> <laughs> also, worth pointing out this whole time as well, the, the subplot, which has been beefing this up to uh, 131 minutes <laughs> runtime, is that... This started at the end of the last film, actually, is that Lee actually enters a relationship with a very lovely girl named Rachel, Mm. who he fucking macked on at the kissing booth. Mm. And now they're in a relationship together. And but (laughs) Rachel is obviously jealous of how close Lee and Al are. Mm. And she says, you have to choose between me or Al. And he says, no worries, babe. I'll give Al the boot. Don't you fucking worry about that. He doesn't. He doesn't even talk to Al about it at all. Rachel finds this out, confronts Al. There's a whole thing. The movie near (laughs) and about the, you know, hundred minute mark when there's still half an hour to go she's lost everything no one will talk to her and then things just kind of go right for her. <laughs> yeah 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 this is the uh new moon of the franchise i thought there's there's a lot of written post new moon as well and you're, it, it, you're this not- is <laughs> such a twilight knockoff yeah it's it's, it's obnoxious yeah. like the the creepy stalker protector nature of noah flynn is fucking what's edward cullen yeah 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 it's 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 the most like from what i understand jacob elordi maybe isn't the worst person in the world or the worst actor in the world but fuck he's so bad in this he's Mm. he's trying so hard to like emulate that sort of edward cullen-esque thing and we know robert pattinson's a fantastic actor and he hated playing that character because of all Mm. the stuff he had to do but it's like god just have some charisma like okay you've got a perfectly chiseled jaw and abs but we need to be shown some reason he's got a pretty noticeable like birthmark on his on his torso for in all his shirtless scenes i mean I, I wasn't looking at the birthmark <laughs> uh this uh there's also sort of a trademark opening monologue all three films open with the same lonely island style monologue um where al mentions that her and lee started a podcast and when this happened richard i was oh, terrified yeah. that it was going to play a significant role in the plot and i'd have to watch like the thing i love most in the world be represented in this dog shit movie um but luckily mm. the writing in this movie is also so unbelievably dog shit that it never really comes up again except yeah, in conversation so the, their podcast once. is what what's their podcast called do you remember no 
It's called like Gamers Unite or something like that, or like it's called like game. It, it's about gaming. It's called it's called Game Over or something like that. So stupid. It is an infuriating screenplay, Richard. Uh, one in which multiple story beats play out. The drama is solved, only for it to repeat again. Like yeah. so, we we the things both both things you talked about, both storylines. Um, like uh, you've got Al suspects Noah is cheating. He tells her he's not, so she's reassured. But then something else happens, so she thinks he's cheating again. Uh, Lee. His girlfriend Rachel is, is mad at Lee for spending so much time at Al, so he tells her he'll do better and she believes him, but then he doesn't and she gets mad again. This all happens over and over. It's a, it's a two hour, 12 minute cycle of all of these things happening over and over again. I have worked with no Wikipedia page directors, which Vince Marcello is, and they're always <laughs> so meticulous about this stuff. Like, mm. like that's like their one, their, their one, like, the way that they can be as good as the greats is to take this thing seriously. I have sat in boring ass writing meetings with directors before where they've discussed things like this sto- This is a repeated story beat. If there's one thing amateur filmmakers are good at, it's, uh, you know, repeating. Get, getting, well, getting <laughs> yeah. rid of repeated beats. And yet this film is repeated beat after repeated beat. And you could easily merge these storylines. The earring thing can happen at the same time as the where she thinks where she she finds that Chloe was wearing the earring on Instagram they can be the same story beat they don't need but to be but they're an hour apart they don't need to be exactly um so you can run, you can merge stuff like that and you can remove fluff and i hate to say this richard on a podcast which already makes makes me feel like people are going to get the wrong idea about what i believe but hey let's cut the gay love story that happens between two of the, <laughs> two of the background characters i am a passionate ally for the LGBT community, Richard, but I reckon we can get this thing to under two hours if we if we trim out the super, superfluous uh, gay character storyline, which, while you were watching the film, you watched this in two parts. By the time you watched the second part, you were like, who are these two guys that kiss at the I end? was like, oh, oh, one of the extras is gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's this whole storyline. Because so I, I watched this film, yeah, in two one-hour chunks, essentially. And so when it culminates at the end of the film... I hadn't seen these guys for the last hour. (laughs) And also, I I will say just on representation in these films that, yeah, you have this very sort of subtle blink and you'll miss it, apparently, uh, gay love story. But there is like, so so Chloe is is a woman of color, but there is one uh, person of color in the rest of the cast. There's this one extra who reoccurs, who is just like, his role is diminished to just being a reaction gif. There is some <laughs> insane fucking reactions on this film. Th- shit happens and they and the crowd is overacting their fucking butt off. Mm. And Joey King's reactions to things are weird as hell as well. But every single time you see a crowd react to something shocking, in the front and center is the one black actor they had <laughs> on set and he is giving it his all. Uh, eyes bulging out of his mm, head mm. mouth agape and it's like this guy is is nothing but a reaction gift to these filmmakers right yeah speaking of you mentioned chloe in this as well um if you're wanting to still have representation and cut out the the superfluous uh, background character storylines why not make chloe gay so that the reason she finds out that she hasn't mm. been cheating is like oh al i'm not into noah because i'm not into men i'm into you oh my god we've instantly written a better film <laughs> uh, richard frankly i wish that noah was cheating 
<laughs> yeah, this is something I said to you, and I think you've probably just stolen from me. But <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm not capable of the same like pathway <laughs> of thought that this movie forces you down. Well, it, it's it's not as interesting. Although I do like the dynamic that it includes. There's a moment in the third film where because so no one never actually cheated on al but al did kiss marco mm. and then there's a moment in the third film where noah's like oh chloe's coming to this thing and she's like oh cool we like chloe and then she's like yeah i'm gonna bring marco actually and he's like oh and then she's like well double standard much um i was totally cool with chloe and he's like yeah but i didn't kiss chloe mm. and it's supposed to be this like oh girl like you don't deserve to be treated like that it's like no he's fucking right like he didn't cheat you did well regardless richard i reckon marco is absolutely who al should have gone with at, at the end of the kissing booth too so this is the other thing is that like i i was really interested because i i especially more so i guess in the third film but i was like oh is this franchise actually just going to like do a really interesting thing and be like yeah, actually, both of these characters should be with another person. Which is true. That is what it should yeah, be. They should. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that Chloe and Noah have a much better dynamic than Elle and Noah. And this is a good comparison to Twilight, because in Twilight, I was always Team Edward from from all the way mm. through New Moon. I'm always Team Edward, but now I'm Team Marco. I think I think the case that it presents for Marco in this film is so like far and above the case it presents for Noah mm. that it's like the and then they end up she ends up back with Noah and I was like, oh god, it's so frustrating. Yeah. He is such a toxic creep and she also, I, th- I think that the, the part of the reason is that in the first film we are shown through montage oh i've always had a crush on noah and you're mm. like okay that's mm. why she likes noah in marco with marco in the second film we're only introduced to him here so we see them fall in love we are mm. we have to be shown why he's a good candidate for yeah, her yeah. rather than just having yeah. you tell us oh he's the my perfect guy yeah i i it's just it's it's one of these things where it's like the filmmakers are like, ah, sorry, this is the story of Al and Noah, which it is. It's a story of Al and several people, really. But yeah. like, like we can't just trade out the love story like that. But it's like, I was just filled with rage when she went with Noah over over Marco, mm. over drama free Marco, and Joey King and Jacob Elordi had broken up in real life by this point, so yeah. they probably didn't like having a scene where they share a, a tearful like, you know, they're like, mm. oh, let's get back together. Imagine acting that with your ex; it'd be so mm. like weird. Marco is the best character in the franchise. I thought. I I didn't I didn't like Marco in the slightest, but really? I probably agree with you. Right. Yeah, there's a a lot of the stuff in the the drama in the film comes to a head at the, this unfathomably uh, horrific, uncomfortable Thanksgiving dinner where in front mm. of everyone's parents they're all just being like, "Well, you did this, and you're mad at me for this." And for some <laughs> reason, um, Noah has brought Chloe to the Thanksgiving dinner. Insane while <laughs> while Al thinks that he's cheating on her with her, uh, cheating on yeah on her with her, um, and like. 
it's like and the whole thing is oh because i wanted you guys to be friends and it's like fuck off this is so stupid this is so Mm. stupid and the last thing i have to complain about with the kissing booth part two is al gets accepted into harvard is this not like even the way the character well so i can believe berkeley because that's that seems to be like the because that's a piece of shit well i don't know the way it's presented in the in the Mm. movie is like everyone gets into berkeley and from pop what pop culture has taught me over the last 29 years is that harvard yeah yeah but she gets is is harvard like i'm not even saying i'm not even trying to be mean to this fictional character but the way that al is presented is not like an ivy league student she's not presented as excelling particularly yeah like she doesn't even know what she wants to study at these places yeah yeah which we will get to (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um there's this the the movie is kind of framed by her trying to figure out how to write her like oh my god i i yeah sorry you you continue so (laughs) she's she's got to fill out this application where she has to write what where do you see yourself in five years and she writes this like kind of like fluffy thing that um her harvard that no i think it's the berkeley person is like i want to know who the real you is you don't you you know (laughs) it feels like which i don't think they would say i don't think they're they're saying this to the five thousand students that apply Mm. every year to be like you need to be more authentic but then um at the end she sort of you know she finally cracks what she wants to do in five years and it's pretty fluffy and pretty indistinguishable from the first thing she wrote well it's like i want to be noah's courage i want to be lee's whatever and the person reading this is just going who are these people yeah it's terrible i i i I wrote i actually took a i took a photo of what her essay is Mm -hmm. what do you want to be in five years is a difficult question to answer because as soon as i start to figure out one thing something or someone changes and makes me question everything and if i'm not sure what i am right now how could i possibly know what i want to be in five years life throws curves at you you think it's moving one way and suddenly realize it's heading back in the opposite direction so it's difficult to stop reading by now honestly so it's difficult to know what you'll be in five years when that curves comes flying at you and you're not sure whether you should try and hit it catch it or get out of the way and it's like you've said i don't know what i want to be in five years like three times in two paragraphs Ter- it's terribly a written. Written it's like it was written by vincent marcello <laughs> or a with how many off. fucking plot beat <laughs> anything else you want to talk about with the kissing booth too it ends with her getting accepted into both berkeley and harvard meaning they're gonna draw out telling but telling her both because noah and lee both want them to go to her to go to their one and she tells them both that she was waitlisted for both of them they go ah better luck next time not particularly surprised you've never been particularly academic in any way yeah 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 and and your and your essay was a piece of shit so this isn't surprising it's all a way to drag uh rule 19 always go to the same school as your bestie into Into an entire movie (laughs) (laughs) yes so the kissing booth three came out a year later directed by one vince marcello what do you think this has on rotten tomatoes uh what was the last one 27 critic 38 audience yeah i'd say same around the same critics yeah, twenty five percent critics. So mm. I thought it was slightly worse. Eighteen percent audience. So they they just wow. kept going down. The audiences, the the people that apparently matter, are not here <sighs> for this. <laughs> mm. Yeah. What did you think of the kissing booth three? Uh, I thought it was dog shit. Yeah. So what's it about? AJ, they're selling the beach house. Not the beach house. No. The Flynns have gone out of their fucking mind. Yeah. And they're selling 
the beach house. The thematically the beach house, important beach house. The, the beach not- house. You will remember it from my synopses of the last two films. <laughs> the beach house is no more. Everything you think you know about the beach house. Gone. Forget it. Yeah. Because they're selling it. And that is the emotional crux of this movie. So what they do at this point, Al still can't decide which school she wants to go to. Mm. She's still keeping up this facade okay. that she is. Uh, this facade. I was intentionally mispronouncing that. This facade that she got waitlisted for both while she tries to make it mind. She gets she's dodging calls from the schools saying, just give me five more minutes. A bad I don't know what I want to well. be in five years. Dodging bad calls move. from the schools? You're out. From Harvard. You're, you're not picking up. You're, you're ghosting Harvard? You're out. Yeah. So this whole time, Marco and Chloe show up. I, I mentioned before, blah, 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 blah. But the one of the sort of through lines of this film is that Lee finds Lee and Al find this list of things they did at the, that they wrote as kids. Another fucking list. The beach bucket list of stuff they wanted to do before they went to college. And they're like, let's make this the best summer mm. ever and do everything on this list. So there's a fun little montage where they do a bunch of these things. One of them is make Noah into an ice cream sundae because that's the kind of weird shit you write when you're a kid. One of them involves them having this extended live-action Mario Kart sequence, which is like <laughs> one of the most baffling fucking things in I the entire franchise. I want to talk about this. So they come out dressed... So, so they ask Noah to do it, and he doesn't. So they come out and... Um, uh, Al is dressed as Mario. I believe Rachel is dressed as Luigi Mm -hmm. and Lee is dressed as Princess Peach. And then surprise, surprise, Marco comes out and he's dressed (laughs) as Wario. And I want to ask you, Richard, do you think Wario is ubiquitous enough of a character to put it in this, you know, superficial subs, like, like surface level reference? Like I reckon, (laughs) I reckon Wario takes it from being an, an appropriate whatever reference to you need to have more of a knowledge of a working knowledge right, of yeah. Mario. Well, to I mean, I think this. that uh, you know, I, I think Elon Musk did a great thing by bringing mm, Wario SNL <laughs> to uh, by bringing Wario to the forefront when he yeah, appeared yeah, on yeah. SNL. <laughs> and I think that you know, in a post Elon Musk world, I think this reference works. Although I'm not sure if it happened before or after that. Maybe that's why. Maybe Elon Musk saw Kissing Booth three and thought, you know, I could do that. I, I reckon he does live in South Africa, or he is South Africa. He probably doesn't live there. Yeah. But they filmed this in South Africa, so maybe he was just like. Maybe they borrowed his Wario. I bet he for fucking it. loves the Kissing Booth three. Dude. Oh, he would. He would. And yeah. Anyway, so obviously she can't keep up. She. <sighs> Al's dad is dating someone new. Mm-hmm. It's hidden for us for a long time. Turns out it's Linda. Not Linda! In the <laughs> beach house! <laughs> and, yeah, so anyway, she the whole thing is she's struggling to find the balance between her relationship with Noah and her friendship with Lee when they've got this list of things to do. The end of it is that, my fucking God, the end of this film. So... Oh, not even the not even the end end of this film. That's even more mine. But the end of the the main sort of plot of this hundred and thirteen minute film is that she decides she's not going to go to either of if, these. Schools. Everyone breaks up. First of all, everyone breaks up. Rachel's like, you know what? I think we should break up. And Lee is devastated, and it's not earned at all. Yeah. But she, her, and Noah decide to go their separate ways. She says she applies for University of Southern California to study game design, mm. and so they say. In the, in the meeting, 
in the in the interview for game design, they say, all right, well, what sort of game ideas do you have? And she's like, I didn't fucking think you'd ask me that, <laughs> which is so stupid. Have a fucking idea. But then she's about to leave and she turns around and says, Wait, actually, I do have one thematically relevant idea. And let's so, just let me let me paint the scene for you. She pitches a beach house game. She pitches a beach house or, game or, or like a the game. the the room that she's pitching this is very reminiscent of the like student body council that uh, mm. was taking except you know pitches for the fundraising fair in which the kissing booth was first conceived. And you know what? For a brief moment, Richard, this cynical old man watching these movies made for for teenagers, for for a brief moment, I was like. It's actually pretty clever that, like, to because mm. the kissing booth nary a mention this whole time. That for the kissing booth three, they've never mentioned it. You know. Yeah, and we we have her in an identical setup to the two times that she has pitched a kissing mm-hmm. booth, mm-hmm. and so yeah, she she says actually I do have one. They've they've fucking dismissed her from the interview. They go, okay, well you obviously didn't prepare for this thing, so yeah. get out of my fucking sight. And then she goes. <laughs> I actually do have one idea. She sits down and she says, well, you know, fantasy football where you, and the guy says, we want to have fucking fantasy football works. It's not a billion dollar industry for some reason. The stat that, that fantasy football is a $9 billion industry is left in this. And then she says, well, and you know, esports. what if we just combined those? And they're like, holy fuck. She's done it. She's done it. Nine billion industry plus a two billion dollar industry. You have pitched us an eleven billion dollar <laughs> industry. Everyone else just pitched us platformers. Yeah. You have yeah. pitched us a money printing yeah. machine, and- which is I'm presuming I've just met you, but I presume this is incredibly relevant to everything that's been going on in and the last couple of years of your life. <laughs> that's what I loved, Richard. It was a nice payoff to the fantasy football storyline and that had been uh, and, and her love of esports. <laughs> and her love of esports. Comes out of no- we're being facetious. This comes out of nowhere. It is like, I, I, so the weird. fact that she goes to study uh, video game development is signposted enough. We're shown that she likes mm, video games. Just. We're shown she we're helps not, her brother. You know what? With- we're not really showed her showed her playing a lot of video games though. Just that I, she I, I, unless them. you count the Dance Dance Revolution. I thing. guess so. But it is shown that she helps her brother with Mario Kart. She's better at it than him. So I was like, okay, I guess. I- if you knew this was where it is, it was ending, I would have lampshaded it earlier on. But this fucking esports idea, esports fantasy sport thing comes out of absolutely nowhere. There is not a not a single thread in the entire franchise mm. that hints at this even slightly. It is insane. It is some of the most baffling fucking writing I've yeah. ever seen. Anyway, I that reckon, scene ends. I reckon... <laughs> It might be the worst piece of writing I've ever seen. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, genuinely. I, I think it's it's just so like, and the fact that the idea just sounds like something someone a would bad actu- idea. What's well, it sounds like something someone would actually pitch. Like it almost yeah. feels like Vince Marcello has this idea the, and the, is I using the, the kissing booth three as a Trojan <sighs> horse to get mm. this like idea in the masses. It is so. It's like. It's like they sat down and they're like, all right, the clincher of this thing is Al needs to pitch a really good video game idea. And then they mm. just, this was the best they could come up with. And at no point someone was like, why don't we use one of the many, many threads we've already set up? Mm. Why? What if it's a visual novel? A based dating off, sim. Off, yeah, dating sim based off the last couple of years of her life. What if it's a dance, dance revolution clone like the one she's been shown playing? What if it's something to do with the beach house stuff that we've been spending this whole movie? Or, you know, the, the it should really be a kiss 
kissing booth video game. And when mm. when the scene was starting, I was thinking, I was like, how would a kissing booth video game work? Yeah. Same. Yeah. I was like, I'm because that's so obviously what she's about to because pitch. that's so obviously what you write there Vince Marcello how do you yeah. get this this is another thing where I was saying how I've worked with like small time directors and like this is the kind of thing you you jump on immediately when you're writing this something. is why you write this scene this yeah. is why you have yes. her apply for a college yes <laughs> yeah so uh, cut to six years later <laughs> It blew Death, my mind when I saw Hallow's that title. Style. <laughs> yeah, so she's now got a very short haircut because I believe she actually Joey King had shaved her head for a film and wore a for wig in these last two films. The act. Yeah, yeah, and she has a short haircut. Uh, she's hanging out with Noah. Uh, sorry, Lee and Rachel ended up back together and are getting married. Noah shows up. He barely fucking knew about their wedding. Just further showing that they their relationship is incredibly strained. And, but, and also, why why break Lee and Rachel up in the first place if the next thing that happens is six yeah. years later they're back together? Yeah. So <laughs> they they go back to the the charity fair, and what do you know? There's a kissing booth there. They're still keeping their idea alive. The Noah is like a a top lawyer after graduating Harvard Law, insanely. And Al is developing video games, and they say, you know what? Let's go for one last ride. And they ride off in their motorcycles together, laughing and having fun. And then we are put out of our misery and there is nothing left of the franchise except for a bunch of bloopers and stuff that run through the credits. Well, all three films have have blooper reels in the credits, but they're more like deleted scenes. It's the only deleted scenes reel I've ever seen. Well, some yeah, so so some of them are just like, "Oh, Joey King is is burping or something like that." And then a bunch of them are like, "I don't remember this bit from the yeah, movie." Yeah. And they're not cracking up. It's and just it's, oh, and this scene edited. wasn't in the movie. They're edited yeah. as well. Like there's editing involved. Yeah. Like this is what I hate about this whole franchise and it's encapsulated in this episode log richard what i hate about this franchise is that it is a lie it is not representing the truth it depicts abusive horrible men as like these hot heartthrobs who you should um throw your life away and, and and dissolve all your friendships to be with right and this scene is like you know who most people don't care about six years after high school they're abusive from their high school. Yeah, yeah. They're they're abusive high school boyfriend who they haven't thought about him that time. Mm. You're t- six years. She's still down. She's not grown up at all. Like mm. six years later, she should be reflecting on her life and seeing that the Flynn brothers were a little bit psychopathic. If you really think mm. about it, like you know, like where I look back at, at my life in high school, there are so many people I don't talk to anymore. There are so many people mm. who I had like deep, deep connections with who I now can't even like. I don't even know where they are, and it's yeah. it's the, like it's the sad truth that like life gets. I guess life better, quote unquote. Life or at least, gets you down. Like you get you become you become more mature, and I think your relationships yeah. may, become so complex they make your high school relationships look juvenile in comparison. Yeah, because, because they are juvenile. They, what but they are. I will say as well though that like sh- the people that you hold these grudges against have also grown up. Sure, but there's no reason to welcome them back into your life. Who yeah. gives a shit about yeah. the people you went to high school from? Yeah, AJ, I do have an apology to make. I omitted something from this list from my from my synopsis. Mm. AJ, 
Molly Ringwald is in a meeting where she stands to make millions of dollars by selling the beach house. Mm. Potentially billions because mm. they're going to bulldoze it and put up a bunch of new apartments. But as she is putting pen to paper, she has the realization that no, the beach house is too thematically significant mm. that she could never sell it. She turns down becoming a multi-millionaire yeah. to save the beach house, which presumably none of these kids are going to use anymore because they're all moving out of state. Yeah, they're all going to different schools. <laughs> it's so true. It's such a bad scene. God. Um, yeah, so a lot of this film, is, as we've, we've, we've said, is driven by always go to the same school as your bestie. Mm. A lot of this 19. film is a Mario Kart sequence <laughs> as well. For some reason, yeah, yeah, and this again, this rules just another showcase. This rules. <laughs> it's just another excuse to showcase how manipulative and horrible of a friend Lee is. Uh, Marco comes back in this film, and when he came back, I couldn't believe it, Richard. I screamed. I thought to myself, "Leave him in movie two. Like, don't mm. like this movie. It's literally like they ran out of story to tell for the third part, and then halfway through, they were like, "Oh, let's just do Kissing Booth two again." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, Kissing Booth two as the like happily ever after question mark sequel. Sure, that makes sense. That's where you go from the end of Kissing Booth one. Kissing Booth three is like, why would you sell the beach house after everything it's done for us? Um, we talk about titles a lot on this podcast, Richard, and I do you want to know what the books are called? The Kissing Booth and The Kissing Booth Beach House. No, very close. They're called The Kissing Booth, The Kissing Booth 2, Going the Distance, and The Kissing Booth 3, One Last Time. Now, let's ignore, like, I feel uncomfortable when book sequels have, have numbers in the title. That feels yeah. like that's for movies, not for books. <laughs> <laughs> but, Get your own titling yeah, scheme, yeah. books. What Do you think these would have made good titles for the movies themselves? Yes. And I wonder as well, like, do you, is it, is it, are they, are they handcuffed by needing to shoehorn a kissing booth into them? Or could you go like the first one's the kissing booth, the second one's the dance competition, the dicking booth. And the third one is the beach house bucket list, you know, like each of mm. them have these like things at the center of them. And then also a kissing booth because that's in the title. So we need to. Yeah. I mean, I think. I like it should be the second kissing booth <laughs> or the kissing booth senior year the kissing booth again <laughs> the kissing booth second base yes and the joke is ruined by the kissing booth third base yeah. where it's like yeah i got it you didn't need to now it's and about the a, kissing booth sorry now it's run. about a blowjob what <laughs> <laughs> yeah the kissing booth home run that's my continue the franchise the kissing, the kissing booth, anal. <laughs> that is um, what we're up to. Up to continue the franchise, uh, where we put our own continuation to the franchise. And judging by the epilogue and the fact that the last book is subtitled "One Last Time" and that the novels aren't the uh, sprawling diary of a wimpy kid saga that I, for some reason, assumed they were, <laughs> um, we have no more movies on the horizon. Thank God. Um, what? Yeah. What's your continue the franchise? Uh, I want to see. I think that there isn't an inherent badness in doing a teen romance revolving around a kissing booth. Mm. And so I let's I I'm pitching the gay kissing booth. Okay. Let's do let's make this a cute love Simon rom-com about someone having their first kiss with a blindfolded person of the same gender mm. and 
finding their sexuality in high school. Okay. And just to clarify, it's called the gay kissing. It's booth. called the gay kissing. Okay. Booth. <laughs> All right. I thought I yeah I was thinking like like Greta Gerwig's not available because she wouldn't do something like this. But surely yeah. Greta Gerwig has inspired dozens upon dozens of wannabe there, there, there is a cute movie in here yeah, that yeah. is needs, a beautiful needs to be directed by a woman. That's yeah. That's perfectly innocent, and it's just this nice thing. I mean, I think the idea of a kissing booth. Is weird as hell. <laughs> like it's 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 I such a bizarre. I don't think thing. my high school would have approved it for a high school based fundraiser either. I, yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> Kissing booths, I thought were like swirlies. That it's like these things that don't actually exist, right? And it's not going to live on in real life either, because like we're now at a time when like kissing is 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 being mm. like outlawed. <laughs> that makes it sound like <laughs> yeah. we live in some kind of dystopia, but because of COVID, it's like when these movies were at their height any like any fans who went to high school who pitched this would have been shot down because they would have been like no sorry yeah. we have to wear masks um, sorry kissing is outlawed <laughs> my well we there was a a hugs were outlawed at my school high school and then oh, really? someone made a documentary about it called free hugs and it was it was playing at like a little like film competition <laughs> and it got turned off by the vice principal wow. she turned it off mid-screening it was so funny my continue the franchise richard i'm going to pitch to you a kissing booth video game <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to steal a trick that al missed and pitch how would a kissing booth video game work and if it's like let's say it's like a um I don't know, like a like a online battle royale kind of game and stuff. Well, <laughs> okay, okay, like a bit like could it be? How would you? Maybe it's more like The Sims, and it's about matching. I, up. Yeah, I was thinking that you know those like you see the ads on for those apps that are yeah, like yeah. it's called episodes or shit, and it's like it's called a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it'll be like you know you see two people making out, and then it's like. OMG, join them. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, so- I downloaded one of those and I got so attached to the storyline of my character wow. and I gave her a bad ending and I felt so upset and I couldn't, I hadn't checkpointed to make the like, to make, a, to go back and change the ending to be good. And I was so pissed off with myself. I deleted the app. But also the, the thing that these- happened? That, when did you play this game? This was like maybe three years ago. <laughs> and I- so the thing that these apps do is like you're getting dressed for your hot date kind of thing. Mm. And it's like, oh my God, this guy is only into sporty girls and I have to impress him. And then your clothing options are watch an ad to get sweatpants and an oversized hoodie or pay $8 and you can get this super sexy sporty outfit. And it's like everything where there's an obvious good, like there's a, an all right option, a bad option, and then the obvious good option. Hmm. The obvious good option is a microtransaction. Well, that's essentially what I would do with the Kissing Booth video yeah. game. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end, Richard, of the Kissing Booth wow. trilogy. Thank God <sighs> we can kiss it goodbye. Wow. Um, but Both now, of us can. Now Both we just... of us can kiss it goodbye. <laughs> now we've just got a ranked at franchise over at uh, letterboxd.com slash cult where we've ranked all the franchises we've ever watched um and we've also um got like comprehensive lists of every film we've ever watched but <laughs> that has gone not updated since the 47 scooby-doo movies <laughs> i don't know if i could be bothered being the one um to to do that but i feel like it wouldn't take as long because you just go through 
the like your ranked list well, sort of by date and then just add. Well, I didn't finish it, my ranked list, so. Well, it's not about ranking them; it's about adding the. No, but I, I don't have a comprehensive list at my disposal, which has every list, every film. So it. we're going to rank this franchise. I've immediately gone down to the bottom of the list. I think this is probably to me this is easily bottom ten franchises. Oh, easily, watched. yeah. And this is our 170th franchise. Yeah. So, at 160... So, like this, to me, this is nowhere near as bad as Dungeons & Dragons or anything like that. So, I was thinking about this, especially, I think it's comparable to God's Not Dead, in a sense. Mm. Um, but God's Not Dead has this hatred flowing through it that I find yeah. really, like, offensive. So, I'm thinking um, maybe um, above... It's, I reckon it's better than Lamb Before Time. It's probably better than Medea, actually. I reckon between Medea and Sex in the City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Sex, Sex in the, the City. Sex in the City has that one good scene. And it's just, a, you know, there's at least like adult writing in it that you can be like, hmm. I can see what's happening here. So oh, we're saying, that thing from earlier has paid off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're saying that uh, The Kissing Booth is worse than Sex in the City 1 and 2, but not as bad as the Medea series, which places it as the, as the 165th best franchise we've ever watched out of 170. <laughs> <laughs> all right and with that richard we get to do something now that we've not done in a while which is a little game called franchise roulette where we've got a big big list of franchises and we get to draw a random number which will tell us the next franchise we're doing we haven't done this in months richard yeah i'm trying to actually find out when the last time we would have done it would have been uh it would have been when we rolled knocked up i think which was we would have done at the end of the Chucky episode mm. on Halloween. Mm. There we go. There <laughs> so we go. Done it since and that was the fun time. franchise list as well, wasn't it? Oh yes, because it was for nice member, and it's and it's two films. So, so we haven't turned to this since the Alpha. Yes, list. It was Psycho? No, Psycho was had to be a horror one. Anchorman was not random. It's, Bad Boys was the last franchise we randomly selected. I think. Well, from the main list. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, before we roll that, Richard, I would just like to say that if people have enjoyed this podcast, then please consider um, supporting us and get, being part of the community. You can j- jump in the Discord, which there'll be links to in the show notes. Tell us what you think of the kissing booth. Uh, and if you want to <laughs> follow us on Instagram or Twitter, you can do that at Cole Popshire. And if you want to donate, you can throw in some money over at um, patreon.com slash Cole Popshire. But Richard, give us a number. Who's Who's going to make the other guess? Uh, I've got the list open, so I can do it. Sweet. Give us a I random... just had to take an American tail off it, and tail was spelt T-A-L-E. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. 70. What was that? 70. Who's 70. this guy? <laughs> Who's Where's this the guy? Old one? Who's the lady gone? She's sick Where's today. Where's the lady? Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't like do I this guy. The... Appearance? Who the fuck are you? That's crazy. I don't remember changing this, and it looks like you can't change it. Damn. This is. Damn. Okay, I guess we just get this guy now. Fuck. So, franchise 70 is. Okay, this is a this is a good one to. I think a, a good one to cross off. I think get back into the overdue. groove of things. I, I, I'm just double checking how many there are. How many have we written there are? We wrote four, but I think there's, at l- yeah, there's five now. Wow. 
when was the most recent uh, one released? One, two, three, four, five. 2021, there is an untitled sixth one in development, apparently, despite the, I guess, finality of the last one. Huh. Um, have, it's I, a, have we seen these? I, <laughs> I have made a joke on two separate occasions about the fact that I've seen two of these. Okay, that doesn't help me. <laughs> I thought it might. Uh, the, it's a horror franchise. Okay. Um, and I, the joke I've made is that I've seen the first one and the first one. Ah, is it um, The Purge? It is The Purge. So wow, the this purge, is so The Purge Anarchy, The Purge Election Year, The First Purge, and The Forever Purge. Out of this, I have seen The First Purge and the first purge nice very good this this franchise for international listeners this franchise has virtually no presence in new zealand mm, like yeah. i reckon i i didn't even know these existed till like the third movie was out and i don't yeah. i don't know i know like you know what the first one's about i don't know what the first one's about <laughs> Well, everyone, that is The Kissing Booth. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're ready to jump back into our regular scheduled programming um, for Film Franchise Fortnite. We'll be back in two weeks with The Purge. We'll be back in one week with the Oscars discussion, I believe. Is that next week? I think so. Well, that's when oh. I, I think it's supposed to be. Um, and if you stay listening, after this music ends, you'll get the post credit scene, so make sure you do that. Uh, but other than that, Richard, it's been awful. What a shit franchise this was i hated it i <laughs> yeah. hated it every second of it literally irredeemable yeah. the parts that we thought might redeem it ended up not happening in the film so <laughs> what does that say yeah. about it so i hope everyone yeah. enjoyed it um and for those still listening to scooby-doo good luck to you <laughs> still making <laughs> we nothing stops this train we are the kings of backlog on your podcast subscription <laughs> speed um but yeah see you around Welcome along to the post credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash cultpopsha, you get to talk to us about or ask us or get us to talk about something that you want us to talk about. What have we got today, Richard? Who's it from? So today's one comes to us from Jake, who says, AJ, what was the happiest Richard has ever made you? And Richard, what was the angriest AJ has ever made you? It's not what it says. It says happiest, but okay. <laughs> I was gonna uh, say, what was the happiest we've made each other? Um, there's just so many to choose from. I'm struggling. <laughs> well, recently you you reviewed the Kissing Booth two with the letterboxed review <laughs> Scooby Doo. The third one, I think you you wrote Scooby Doo. Where are you? And I thought that was profound. Like that was like <laughs> that was like when I said like we would have gotten away with it too in the podcast and the actual spoilers for the like I hope people have finished Scooby Doo. We're just gonna be spoiling the <laughs> Scooby Doo episode. But like yeah. I found that almost more moving than funny. While it was also funny, but. Yeah, right. See, I, I think you're... I was going to say, yeah, your message you sent me last night about how much you loved that. <laughs> <laughs> so the happiest you've made me is something you've done. And the happiest I've made you is me saying that thing made me so happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, is there anything else that springs to mind? I... The, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's certain jokes and stuff like that. And, the, like... I would say for me, the things that make me really happy is when, yeah, you you acknowledge something funny that I have done or like something like that. And, and that because I, 
and this is like a genuinely compliment genuine compliment is that i i love the way you articulate why things are funny Oh, thank you <laughs> it's like it's always and, and so th- there are times w- when there's been a joke i've liked or something like that and i've and i've shared it with you just because i want you to articulate why it's funny mm. or that's why i love like analyzing jokes with you it, because it and, and there's there's so many there's like simpsons jokes or family guy jokes or anything like that that i have such a new appreciation of because of when i hear the joke i now i think of your explanation and mm. it's this classic like you know, explaining why something's funny ruins it. But to me, we're hearing you explain why something is funny elevates it so much for me. That's great. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I I reckon saying explaining why something's funny ruins it, that feels like a boomer direction. Yeah. Like that feels like like something a boomer would think about comedy. Mm. Like I think comedy is, it's the same with like like film studies in high school. I always ended like loving the film way more than before That's the thing, yeah, I like, studied it. Like seeing how the sausage is made. Yeah. But yeah, like the especially like simpsons jokes as well that because the way simpsons jokes are like layered and they're so clever and everything that there are jokes that you and i have pointed out small things about why they're funny to each other and i think that yeah there was a family guy joke i shared with you recently where (laughs) peter just walks out of a room and says was one of the dwarves named snappy kind of a good dresser or am i making that up and i thought that was so funny and I shared that with you, and you said something like "fuck, that's good writing," but you were high at the time. <laughs> well, we recorded that that family for the Patreon, the the yeah. watching Family Guy funny clips, and the one I remember that from that was the um the Obi Wan Kenobi joke, which I was just like, "God, I'm annoyed at how well that sets <laughs> yeah. up like a killer punchline." Um, so yeah, 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 nice. Yeah, cool. Shall we end there? Mm. I mean, I feel like I didn't really get one.